Well, good morning. Welcome to Epic. My name is Tim Jones. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and we are so glad that you are here with us today. Um, Today, we are in the conclusion of our message series called Clarity. And in this message series, we have been studying the letter of Colossians. And some say that it's the most important letter that was written by the Apostle Paul. And the reason that they say it's the most important letter is that it tells us exactly who Jesus is, and it gives us the clarity in how we should live our lives. Because every day we are bombarded with different messages that tell us what's the most important thing or what's next, and uh, that only causes a lot of confusion in our lives. And so the big idea for this message series, this entire message series, has been that God wants me to have clarity in the midst of my confusion. And so in the first week, in chapter one, uh, we went over the entire chapter when we learned that Jesus is enough Uh, to give me clarity in the midst of my confusion. And then last week we looked at chapter two and we learned uh, that in Jesus we have everything that we need to follow him. And so we don't need any special inside information. We don't need uh, what some were promoting as this new teaching. Um, We just have to deeply root ourselves in Jesus. And so uh, to avoid these traps of Uh, false religion and people coming in saying, you need to do this. No, you need to do this. And so if you miss any part of the last two weeks um, and you're looking for clarity, I want to recommend that you check out uh, these two messages on our podcast. Now today, as we start, I need a little audience participation, okay? So I have a question for you. I just need some short answers to this question. And the question is, um, what was something that you accomplished when you set your mind to it? So just shout it out. Sobriety. Hey, awesome. That's a good thing. Yeah, way to go. What else? Peace. What? Peace. Peace. All right, good. Graduating. Graduating, that's good. Graduating, another graduating. How many's graduated? Okay. See, hey, come on, not all of you. Okay, all right. Three of you in the room. So, what else? Hey, getting your master's electrical license. So, David Emery, there's somebody you need to hire right there. So, um, eating healthy. Man, that's good. That's good. You guys are doing better than the first service. We had like two responses. That was it. Not a lot of achievers in the first recent, you know, service. Don't tell them I told you that, but they'll hear it on the recording today. But anyways, so um, now the reason I bring that up is that it is important for us to uh, focus if we want clarity in the midst of our confusion, we need to set our minds. We need to fix our eyes onto something. Now, the hard part is, uh, what is it that we fix our eyes to uh, that will bring the clarity that we're looking for? You know, And if we do find something, uh, is there lasting clarity? Uh, will it bring lasting clarity to our lives as we search for that or as we look to that thing? And so uh, as we've been studying this entire letter of Colossians, the Apostle Paul has been uh, laying the groundwork to answer this question. And so today we're going to get right into it and we're going to see exactly what he says uh, that will bring lasting clarity into our lives. Now we've got a lot of ground to cover, so go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 in your Bibles uh, or your smartphone device um, because we are going to go through chapter 3 and 4. And so I will give you a moment to get there. Uh, And if you don't have a Bible, always feel free to get one from the back um, as our gift to you. But go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Now, 
If you haven't been with us or you're new to Epic, normally we speak about, uh, about a subject from the Bible. Instead, we're going through an entire book of the Bible in this series. And the reason is that uh, Bible study is important, especially in our personal lives. And so we've been kind of using this up, uh, using this to say, hey, this is what you should be doing in your lives on a regular basis. And the reason that Bible study is important is that it gives us proof. It gives us evidence that these things really happen. They actually happened. And they also give us the confidence and clarity to what to believe and how we should live. Now, as we've been learning, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter of Colossians uh, from prison uh, to protect a church that he had helped start in Colossae. And um, he wanted to protect them from those who were coming in and saying that you have to have this special inside knowledge in order to follow God. If you don't have this, then you're really not a Christ follower. And Paul was saying, "Uh uh-uh, don't cause that confusion, okay? Don't come in here like that. Um, They have everything that they need. And so I'm going to write to you and tell you exactly uh, all these things so that you, without a doubt, have the clear teachings of Christ. Now, why should we listen to Paul? Well, Paul, he used to go around and killing Christians. Yeah, he actually did that. Until one day he met the resurrected Jesus and it changed his life. It was something that happened. And so now we find Paul going out and telling everyone about Jesus, even from prison, he's doing that uh, because he was given a clear commission, a clear assignment from Jesus to go and tell everyone who was not Jewish, uh, Gentiles, about uh, a relationship with Jesus. And when you enter into a relationship with Jesus, all your sins, all your debt that is between you and God is canceled and you have a right standing with God and you have we have everything that we need in order to follow Jesus. And so that's what we need to know uh, in order to head to this finish line. And as we finish our study of the letter of Colossians, and Paul's got three more major sections that he's going to cover. And so this first section, he's going to unpack it, but right away he starts off with this thought that he wants us to chew chew on, and then he unpacks it. He tells us right away what to fix our eyes on that will have lasting clarity. So beginning in chapter 3, verse 1. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, and Paul's reminding us when we put our faith in Jesus, we began this new relationship, and we have a new life, a new reality, a new way to live, and that's our reality. So here's this new reality and how it plays out. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So Paul is now telling us that the way that we live in this new reality is that our lives are no longer driven by to-do lists and um, Google calendars or smartphone devices. Our new reality is much higher than that. We are part of two worlds that are overlapping. Yes, we live here on earth, but we are also part of God's kingdom. In God's kingdom, Jesus is on the throne in heaven, and he is reaching out to everyone who doesn't know him, and he is leading all Christ followers. Yes, we still have our our jobs, our families, our friends, and our relationships, but we also are connected with Jesus, and now we are part of this bigger world. 
And so if we want to have lasting clarity for our lives, Paul in this first section says, so let us fix our eyes on Jesus who can bring lasting clarity for our lives. Because as Christ's followers, Jesus is giving us heavenly direction for our earthly lives. And he wants us to focus on what he is doing, which will bring lasting clarity. And so verse three, for you died to this life. And you're like, no, I didn't. I might have been falling asleep just now, but I'm here, you know. And if your you know, neighbor looks like they are a dead or falling asleep, just give them a little elbow test and say, are you dead? Okay. Uh, but anyways, <clears throat> for you died to this life when you put your faith in Jesus. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Now this should get us like fired up, like pumped up, you know, because this is confirmation that we are, have been given a right standing with God and one day we will be with Jesus when he returns. But Paul's also saying something else here. He's saying, when your lives were changed in Jesus, like our worlds no longer focus on what we want or our desires. Our world, our lives now focus and revolve around God's world, around Jesus. And so it's not about me. It's not about what I want to do. It's about living with God and doing what he wants me to do. Because I'm so woven into God's plan that he will provide clarity because that's what he wants to do. And just as we learned last week, when we come to Christ by faith, we are continue to walk in faith by him, and then we'll have that clarity in our lives. And he said this in Colossians 2.6. This was the key from last week. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow or live by faith in him. And when we live by faith each and every day, then our lives are transformed from the inside out to look like Jesus's life in words and in actions. Then Paul shifts gears and he tells us now how to keep our eyes on Jesus because something always gets in the way, doesn't it? You know? And so he says, we've got to be decisive each day. If not, we are so tempted to return to our old ways, our old views about ourselves, our old sin nature. And so Paul lists a bunch of behaviors. He lists a bunch of things and likens it to like a garment of clothing that needs to come off. And in his uh, language, that should come off. Like he gets real passionate about this and real strong because he wants to protect us. And so he says in verse five, so put to death... That's strong language. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an adulterer, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger or judgment of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but you're no longer part of that world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. You know, when I read that list, it's like, you know, of course, I'm not going to do those things. But yet, we know how easy it is to sin, don't we? Yeah. 
And we know how attractive sin can be. And when we sin, we often say, ah, why did I do that? But yet we keep on returning to it. It's kind of like this. Um, Growing up, um, I lived in a neighborhood with peacocks. Could you not? Okay. I know that's a little strange, but I did. And um, in this neighborhood, uh, there were these peacocks, and they were just beautiful. I mean, especially the males when they would spread out their feathers and everything. Well, at my friend's house, uh, he had a dog. And when these uh, peacocks would go through his yard, I mean, it could not resist, and it would just chase them, okay? And uh, one thing you need to know about a herd of peacocks is that they are like poop machines, okay? (laughs) When they go through your yard, it is fertilized, all right? No problem with that. Well, his dog would then go after them and then come back and eat their poop. Oh, I kid you not. Yeah. So if you're struggling with returning to your sin, you just think peacock poop. Yuck. You know? And don't eat it. All right? Now, normally I would say, let's say that out loud. But if I do that, I'm going to get a bunch of emails and I'm going to get called into Trent's office. So instead, you just think it in your mind. All right? think it. Good job. All right. So anyways, that's what Paul's saying. He's like, don't return to that stuff. That's peacock poop. All right. Yuck. You've been changed. So now he tells us how we can keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Verse 10, but on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. So when you're in Christ, all barriers come down, okay? All Christ followers are equal. Um, All of us, regardless of our backgrounds, have a choice that we can all make, And this is the choice that all of us can make. We can make each and every day a determination to fix our eyes on Jesus and follow him and live through his power and not our old ways. And so as we make this choice, this is what happens in our lives. Here's a description. Verse 12, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So let me break that down a little bit more because that was a lot, okay? In this new reality with Jesus, we have a daily choice to take off the old self and to put on the new life that he has given to us. And so, sure, we can still sin, but it no longer controls us. All, when Christ died... Our debt was totally canceled with sin, but also the power of sin over us was broken by Jesus as well. And so we are no longer controlled by sin. So we can now choose each day to put on Jesus and live through his power, 
Each day we can pray and say, Jesus, because of your power, I no longer have to sin and live this life of sin. Today, give me your power to recognize when sin comes my way and to stay clear of it. Today, as I talk to you, God, I submit my life to you today. And as I read your word, would you speak into my heart where you need to change me more? And as I apply these truths into my life, then what we just read in that description becomes more evident. It becomes more like Jesus. And so his ways and his truths become part of our lives as we live by faith each day, as we talk to him, as we surrender every day and saying, I don't want to be controlled by the old ways. Today, I want to live in your ways, God. Help me. Give me eyes to see. Bring those scriptures to my memory when I'm about to stumble, when I'm about to fall. Now, Paul closes this first section by telling us the key, okay? If there's a key to fixing our eyes on Jesus, here it is, and it's so important, okay? It's so important. I want us to read it together. Um, Verse 17, let's read this together. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Now, sometimes we get so consumed with thinking, am I really doing what God wants me to do, you know? Sometimes we uh, just go through and think, you know, am I living in the right place? Am I at the right job? Is what I'm doing really making a difference? Is there really any significance to what I am doing? And Paul would say, it's not about what you do. It's about why you do it, okay? And so when we fix our eyes on Jesus each day and do it for him, then we will find significance in his kingdom. So some of you, you think you're at a dead-end job. You think it's leading nowhere. But when you do it for him um, and you give it your all and you give all your gifts and all your abilities towards that, not only does God notice that, but other people notice that as well. And someone will say, why do you do this? I mean, it's just a dead-end job. In God's economy, that's significance because somebody sees God through you. And so some of you, you know, maybe you've got something that just keeps you at home or something. You're like, you know, I'm just kind of a shut-in. I just, you know, stay at home, and the only thing I can do is pray. Well, in God's economy, prayer can move mountains. Jesus said all you have to have is a faith of a mustard seed. And so you can be praying for people around the world that you've never been to or you've never met and be praying for them, be praying through the hardships that they're going through. And Jesus says that makes a big difference, that there's significance there. And so when we fix our eyes on Jesus and we do it for the Lord, then it brings lasting clarity to our lives. And we can be part of something more significant than what we are part of today. And he can use everything, everything, no matter where you're at. You don't have to question, am I in the right spot? You are. Now give it to the Lord and work unto the Lord. So then he continues and he moves into the second section. Okay. So the second section, the the focus is this, as we fix our eyes on Jesus, you got to realize something happens. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, he changes everything we do. Okay, so more specifically, God changes our relationships with others. And so 
as we read, we're going to read about three different types of relationships that is impacted in our lives. And we've got to remember back in Paul's day, this is important, that's why we do Bible study, um, men were in charge. And unfortunately, women, children, and slaves, they were just considered property. They had no rights. No one even at the time thought they should have rights. That wasn't a thought back then, okay? Now, Scripture, it is not condoning any of these things. Instead, we're going to see about Paul speaking into the situation and showing how the trans, the power of Jesus can transform a culture. Transform a culture, which was unheard of, okay? And so each of these relationships now in Jesus have a mandate to be mutual obligations instead of just one-sided. And so he talks about the marriage relationship. As Paul saw it, husbands have a, as great an obligation as wives. And parents have just as binding a duty as children. And masters have their responsibilities as much as slaves. And so, like I said, this changed the world upside down. And many of the people who enacted many amazing things throughout history in changing these dynamics in our culture and around the world looked to these promises, looked to these words, and it changed them. He said, wait a second, we got to change things. All of us are equal. All of us are God's children. And so here's how this plays out. And so we've got to read these verses together to get their kind of true meaning. Verse 18, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. So remember, throughout the entire letter, Paul has made it clear that no one is better than the other. Okay? So if you think wives are any lesser in importance, you're wrong. Okay, And so the idea that's being painted here is that in a proper marriage relationship in Christ, uh, that a husband exercises compassionate love and care, and wives lovingly respond to his leadership. And marriage is, not a, uh, marriage is a partnership. It's not a dictatorship. And so if both live to please Christ and love others and think of themselves last, then the marriage goes great. And we've all been around marriages where one person feels like they need to win all the time, but both end up losing. And so that's different in God's economy. Then he moves on into this next relationship pairing. Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not aggravate your children, or they will become discouraged. So parents, don't create an environment where um, your children can never uh, do the right thing, live up to a certain standard, uh, could always do it better. Yes, we still discipline and love. But yet we don't hold uh, things over their heads and say, you've got to attain this in order to get my love. That only pushes children away. And children, obey your parents. And yes, at times you will receive some discipline for the wrong that you do. But if you have, if you have parents who are trying to live under Christ, then do all that you can to be under them and to support them in that. And so parents, do your best to live under Christ's leadership. And when we mess up, I mess up. How many of us mess up? Yep. When we mess up, be big enough to ask your kids for forgiveness. So then Paul concludes this section with his final relational pairing. Now, in that culture, it was uh, slaves and masters, but we can take uh, what's said here and apply it to where we spend the majority of our time, which is 
There you go. Work, one person got that. Um, <clears throat> nobody else goes to work around here. Verse 22, employees, obey your earthly bosses in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because your reverent fear of the Lord, that your respect for the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Bosses, be just and fair to your employees. Remember that you also have a boss in heaven. So remember, as we work, it's not for money. It's not for our boss. It's not for the company of the CEO who we never see. You know, I'm doing this for the Lord. Whatever my job is, there is significance and meaning. And because it opens up doors for other people to see God through my actions. And so bosses, if you're in charge of employees... Make sure that you value them just as much as God values you. And so if all of us would live in Jesus, we would love each other, we would treat each other fairly, and others would say, why do you work the way that you do? And in those moments, you can tell them why and who you're doing it for, and that they can also have a reason for the discouragement that they face and work each and every day. Now, Paul finishes this section, um, and we enter into this third section, and he says this. He says, kind of sets it up and tees it up and, and really focusing on this. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, our lives count now and forever, okay? So Paul, he ends this letter with, with saying for us to do one of the most important things that we can do on a regular basis, and here it is, chapter 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to, what's that word? Prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. So Paul is saying, I want all of you to have a life of prayer, but I want you to remember to be praying for uh, me and for us. And here's what he wants the church of Colossae to be praying for, for him and, and for um, those uh, who are helping him. And this is so important to hear. I need to hear this on a regular basis. We all need to hear this. He says, pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will get out of jail. No, he doesn't say that. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. What? I mean, if I'm Paul, I'm saying, hey, would you all pray for me to get out of jail? You know? But not Paul. Paul knows that God's got something good, that he's part of God's kingdom, and that part of his circumstances doesn't matter. So Paul is going to live this life of prayer. And to continue to follow Christ no matter what the circumstances are. And he's not going to just be on his knees in prayer. He's going to be up and he's going to be praying throughout his day and asking God to give him opportunities to tell other people about Jesus. Because he knows that his purpose is to make God known regardless of his circumstances. 
And some of you, you get so discouraged with the circumstances that you are in. And you think that there's nothing important that you do in your work. Or that there's no significance. And you're always looking for something else. And God is saying, fix your eyes on Jesus. Live unto the Lord. And he will give you significance exactly where you are at. And we see that because Paul led jailers to Christ. He led fellow prisoners to Christ. I mean, he didn't leave anyone alone. If you had a heartbeat, you were gone after, okay? And so what gave him his strength in the midst of his circumstances? He was constantly praying for others. Are we doing that? And we know he's passionate about it because he continues on. Verse five, he says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most, make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. So this isn't just for some of us to do. All Christ followers are to do this. We all um, need to be talking about where our hope is at. And I can't think of a greater time in our history than to engage our culture. You know, I mean, look around us. There's so much division, division in the last three years, in the last 10 years. I can't believe how much division there is. And so if you just simply treat people with respect and kindness, it will open up conversations. And when it does, you just respect what they believe. But at the same time, you tell them about the lasting hope that you have and the clarity that you have to live each day. And when your actions, which are being watched, and your words are spoken and they align up, it will speak volumes, volumes to people. People are looking for the real deal. So let's be the real deal. Let our actions and words be respectful and kind and show everyone love. Now, he ends his letter, and Paul, you know, sometimes I'm like, Paul, why are you ending like this? This is not a big bang, okay? So <clears throat> he ends his letter with a list of names. He always does that. And most of us skip over this list of names because we can't pronounce them. I had to look up this name, okay, to so be able to learn how to pronounce it, all right? But we're going to read one name, and there's something there for us, and I want to show this to us. And so, verse 7, Tychicus will give you a full report about how I am getting along. He is a beloved brother and faithful helper who serves with me in the Lord's work. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. So Tychicus, he's a guy who's been following Paul and has been helping him. And Paul most likely wrote this letter of Colossians in front of him and then gave it to him to go and take to the city of Colossae, to this church. And Tychicus could have easily said, you know what, Paul, man, I've been following you for a long time. That is beneath me, okay? I mean, there's other guys around here. Why don't you send like one of them? I mean, this is just a simple lettering, caring job, okay? But he didn't do that. Instead, he was faithful, and he went and delivered and read this letter to those who were in Colossae, not knowing 
the importance of the letter that he was carrying. This letter changed the lives of those who lived in Colossae. This letter has changed millions and millions of lives throughout the centuries as people have read and come face to face with exactly who Jesus is and given them clarity in how we should live. And this letter has made it to us today to give us the clarity that we are so desperate for in times where so many things are said to be important, in times where there's so much division. And in Jesus, everyone, everyone has a spot. And so here's Tychicus, you know? Yeah, Paul, you know, is known. But here's Tychicus who is faithful with what has been put into his hands from God. And God takes and writes in fine print the ordinary people who do extraordinary things to bring the message of Jesus to the world. To the world. He didn't know. He didn't know. But he was faithful in what was placed in his hands in that moment. And so, no matter what you do or who you are, in the hands of God, everything we do has significance. And so, let's live unto God. Let's surrender our ways to him and live out our faith so that everyone will see Jesus in our actions and in our words. Because when we fix our eyes on Jesus, then our lives count now and forever. And we will have the lasting clarity that we're looking for. We will. And so today, this is how we're going to conclude. Today, in a moment, I'm going to close us in prayer, and then we're going to sing a song. But during that prayer, maybe you've been thinking, you know what, I've never thought that what I do each day could make a significant impact in a person's life in the hands of God. And so I need to change maybe my motivation. Today, would you make God your motivation? Would you surrender the things that you do and say, God, I'm doing this unto you. You take everything despite my circumstances and use me and use me tomorrow and the next day. And so when we pray, if that's what you've been kind of sensing on your heart, maybe you have had your, you know, eyes over here, would you focus today? And would you begin today? Would you make today a marker in your spiritual life where you are making commitment to live unto the Lord and do everything for him regardless of your circumstances? And so as I close in prayer today, I'm gonna carve out a time where you can make this commitment. And I just think it would be really meaningful when I get to that point that if that expresses what you want to do, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, and no one's going to be looking, but raise your hand. And when you do that, in that motion, you just say to God, God, I want to live unto you starting today. And God, would you help me to make that commitment each and every day? I am not going to live in my old ways today. I am focused on you, and I want to live for you and find significance in you today. And when you fix your eyes on Jesus, your life will count now and forever. And it will impact someone else's life 
now and forever as well. So that's what we're gonna do as we close in prayer. So if you would, would you stand and uh, let's pray and then let's sing this song. So Father, I thank you so much for today. God, thank you so much for this study of Colossians. It has been a great reminder of exactly who you are, Jesus. That you came to earth, that you died on the cross, and when we put our faith in you, you give us a right standing. You cancel our debts. And God, you give us everything that we need to follow you. That's how good you are. That's how much you love us. You don't want us to remain confused. And so today, God, I know that there are some people that have been just kind of living and fixing their eyes on other things. And they want to make a commitment to you today, God. And so today in this moment, if you want to make that commitment, you just raise your hand in this moment and you say, Jesus, I am committing to living for you and I want to work unto you. Thank you. That's awesome. So, Father, I pray that you would be with each of us, that we will always make that commitment each and every day. God, that's what you want us to do. And in your hands, there's an amazing work. And sometimes we get so discouraged because we can't see it. But yet, Jesus, you are working. You are in heaven, on your throne, trying to reach all of us. And so, God, use our lives as part of that process. And so thank you for doing that. So let's sing this song and sing to the one who freed us from everything. In Jesus' name, amen.